Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Hey, so if you follow me on social media, you would know that I've been in the tropical island of Fiji this last week. I tell you what, one week in the islands is just enough. Those that go for like months, they're crazy. Because here's the thing, you all go and stay in hotels. I go and stay with my family. How many of you know that's not a holiday? So I come back home and I come and have a holiday back at home. Because it just so happened that my sister-in-law was away on a trip. So they've got six kids, five kids. They've got five kids. Am I prophesying another one? They've got five kids. And uh, it just so happened the week that I'm there, they're both away. So they're like, hey, come and stay at our house. I'm like, cool, free accommodation. And they're like, and you can use our car. I was like, sweet. Don't have to, you know, taxi or bus everywhere. And they're like, and you can look after our kids as well. For those of you that don't know, I've got two strapping young lads. One's 18, one soon to be 21. Whoa, I know, right? Simi's going to be 21 in October. Yeah. And so here, and so a household of boys, I'm entering a, a household full of girls. <laughs> I tell you what, it was a real privilege and it was a real eye-opener. Because I've never had to deal with having girls in our house. And so I just prayed. I was like, Lord, I need your help. Because how many of you know, I mean, no offense, ladies, but man, you all kind of like feel everything. And, and, how, and how I deliver this information to my nieces is not like saying to the boys, get over it, let's go. It doesn't work with girls, right? And so I had to kind of, oh. You know, and you get tears in the morning. I'm like, what's the matter? Oh, she looked at me funny. I'm like, oh. Okay, it's, it's going to be okay. And so we're trying to get them out the door for a 7 o'clock departure. Come on, because we're going to be in traffic. And they're just kind of like dilly-dallying around. And I'm like, girls, come on, we've got to get going. Girls, you have two minutes. Girls, I'm leaving now. And they're all rushing to the car and it's just this chitter, chatter, chitter, chatter. It's like, you just woke up. <laughs> One week, man. And it's expensive. You gotta treat these girls. So not only did I have my brother's five kids, my other brother, the youngest one, he's got six kids. That's like baptism by fire. And because they haven't seen me in five years. Man, it was like the craziest adventure lately. <laughs> so in, so my, my brother's got an SUV. So in Fiji, you can put 12 kids in the back and it's all good. Here's the funny thing about it. If you sit in the front seat, you're expected to wear your seatbelt. Some days, 
it'll just be all of the kids in the back and me in the front, and I'm the only one strapped in. And there are kids just standing. Uncle, uncle, da 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 da. Uncle, see that? Uncle, I was like, sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm a safe driver. I'm not sure about all these crazy ones next to me. But man, that was a that was an experience. Let me tell you. And here's another thing: is man, I really miss church. Like, come on, one day away was just, I went to my parents' church and that was my church that I grew up in. And here's the, here's the amazing thing was that I walked in and it was like I never left. You can take that in two ways. Uh, one, you could take that in, there's a danger of staying the same. Or there's the change of sticking to your true calling, which is to be a worshiper in spirit and in truth, right? So a different environment. It wasn't praise. Come on, lift up your shout. It was uh, it was a, an out of this world experience. In that moment, I thought about you. actual tears like my nieces and my nephews who were sitting in front of me they were all looking at me and I'm you know I'm, I mean I'm, and I'm just lifted hands and I'm just going God I thank you for Equipus Christchurch I thank you for where you've brought us from what you've placed on our heart where you're leading us now and where you're taking us and it was almost like I was standing on the, on the platform and I was just scanning the room and I could see the different faces. And in that moment, I just felt like I'm at home here. This is my home. That was where I was brought up. But it's not what God desired for me to stay. I needed to be here with you. And so if you were to have a similar experience when you would go elsewhere in a moment that God would speak to you. It's like, hey, come on, you're created to be a part of this family. I've purposed you to grow and flourish in this family. This is where you belong. I tell you what, I'm walking through the doors this morning and I feel like a kid in a candy shop. And because I'm like, oh my goodness, there's all of this that I am a part of that as I walk in through the foyer, I see that it's beautifully set up. And, and I automatically know that people were here at seven o'clock setting it up for us. You know, as I walked into the room, the pre-meeting space, if you're not at pre-meeting on Sunday morning, let me say, you have to be here at pre-meeting. That is one of the hallmarks of this house. It will be a house of prayer. We're seeing the breakthrough that God is revealing to us now because of prayer. Be at prayer meeting, nine o'clock. Church starts at nine at Equipus Christ Church. Church starts at nine at Equipus Christ. Did you catch it? Church starts at nine. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, church starts at nine. Church starts at nine. Church starts at nine. The danger of staying the same, staying true to your calling. You see, 
I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad he did. If you know it, sing it with me. I don't know why Jesus loved me. It's an old song. I don't know why he cares. He cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad he did. Aren't you glad? I'm so glad. I am so glad he did. Church, you are here only because he chose to die for us. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he did. Today we start a new series, and I love a new series because it brings continuity. And it's in a sense we cannot just unpack the idea all in one week. We love to kind of let it simmer and marinate in our spirits in order that we could get it. And so this morning, the title of our series is The Church I See. The Church That I See. And and the basis of this is is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, sort of around the verses 20, 23. And the message I read. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills, fulfills everything with his presence. Yeah? So we, the church, are the bride of Christ. So when we talk about a bride, a bride is a person, a woman who is prepared a woman who is ready, a woman who did not just, it wasn't an overnight decision, this has been a preparation. So when I talk about the bride of Christ, the church, I'm talking about a prepared bride. I'm talking about a bride who is ready to meet the groom. So in a sense, as we meet, this group makes up the bride of Christ. So check yourself, are you beautiful? You know it. Yeah, did you come dressed ready to meet the groom? Yeah, yeah, you did. If you didn't, time to check it out. Uh, you know, like in, in, a, in, a, in a marriage, language plays a major role. You can't just talk to your wife or to your husband as if you're talking to the boys. Right? You can't just roll in, hey, what's up, my G? You know, she'll be like, what did you call me? There's a, there's a language, there's an art to how we deliver communication. And when we're together, the language is love. Yeah? 
The language is love because here's the thing, because he first loved us. It's not your love to give, it's his love that we give. The language of love. And how many know that when we're together in a family or in a marriage, it only works when you both play your role. Who gets to take up the rubbish in your, in your marriage? Hands up, bless you, bless you, bless you. Who gets to do the ironing in your house? Bless you, bless you, bless you. Who gets to do the cooking in your house? Bless you, bless you, bless you. It's like you are gifted to serve. That's amazing. Conflict comes when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, when the kids were little, um, I was, for some of the days of the week, I was responsible for picking them up. And sometimes I'm delayed because I'm doing other things. <laughs> and, and so Shells would, would say to the kids, hey, you guys know this, late is rude. And so she would just say to them, for them to, to know that it's, you know, like, don't be late for them. And so we're in the car sometimes, I'm picking them up, and if I've been late, I'd hear voices from the back going, Dad, late is rude. I'm like, you've been talking to your mother, right? It's like there's, there's, a, there's an agreement that we have. There's an understanding. Maybe we could say, as our family, late is rude. I don't know. You know, I get, I get the fact that there's a nappy blowout. I get the fact there's a tire puncture. I get the fact that, you know, the lights were broken, so it was manual, you know, getting traffic through. I get it. But if we're consistently, come on, who am I talking to? What, what, are we, what, what message are we sending? Because you, I, I'm, I'm preaching to a mature house. I'm talking to a mature house, and a house that I love, a house that we love. You know, we, have a, we carry a mantle of responsibility for our children. They're looking at everything that we're doing, everything that we're saying. Some of you have just become parents. Some of you yet to become parents. Some of you have responsibilities of looking after little people. What message are we communicating? Heck, not just to our children. What are we communicating to the world? What are we saying? How is our language of this house reflective of what's going on in heaven. Because we are called to change the world, right? Five of you acknowledge that. We are called to change the world, right? And the power of the Spirit of God. Got your Bibles? Oh, let's open up the Word. So last time I preached, a couple of weeks ago, I preached on Luke chapter 7. And um, the story, who remembers what I preached on? What story was it that you're allowed to call out? Someone died. Remember, I had brought a road case. It was an open coffin. Who are the characters in the story? Come on. Nope. It was part of the story, but the specific one that we talked about. It was the widow who lost her son. There was an open coffin. There was a large crowd that were coming into the city with Jesus. And there was a large crowd with the widow 
leaving the city to bury his son. Yep, got it? We're on the same page? We're still in Luke chapter 7. So I want you to turn to verse 36. This is a well-known story. And um, I just really believe that God wants to speak to us specifically through this. Uh, So are you ready? So I'm reading from the New International Version, NIV. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to a dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life, somebody say sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating, somebody say eating, at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, so he thought this. Somebody say he thought this. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Now she thought that. I mean, he thought that, okay? Then Jesus answers him, oh, Simon, I have something to tell you. How would you feel to be caught out like that? Because there's one thing judging using this. There's another thing judging using this. Come on, somebody. And so Simon's like, tell me, teacher. It's about to blow. Verse 41, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he gave the debts. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon the Pharisee replied, well, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but, a, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, everybody say, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown But whoever has been forgiven little, finish it with me, loves little. May God add a supernatural understanding to that word. Verse 48, and then he just says to her, your sins are forgiven. Jump down to verse 50. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Some of the elements of this story I want to quickly just touch on. How much time do I have? I just quickly want to touch on just to help us as the bride of Christ understand what we need to see about this house. Yeah? 
So come on this journey. I want you responsive because I want to feel it. So first, Jesus, would you imagine, in this story, would be like a local celebrity. Um, how many of you in today's uh, world would really love to have, uh, say, the prime minister come for dinner? If you voted for her, you're going to put your hand up. <laughs> um, young people, if uh, Justin Bieber was in town, Imagine your social media status or the amount of likes you would get just for one photo of having the Biebs in your house. Yeah? Phenomenal, right? So, so he's this well-respected man in society. He's a Pharisee, Simon, old Sai. So he thought, <laughs> because I've got access to Jesus I'm going to invite him to come to my party and have some kai with me, have some food. So he thought he would play on his popularity and use it, right? So here's the thing. He had a civil obligation. He was obliged to invite Jesus into his house so everybody could see him, so that everybody could see him. He's a bit like this. It's a bit like, we get Tofinga to come to our house tonight. It's a bit like that. Yeah? So the whole city, if not the whole of your social media world, are looking and going, how did you get him to come to your house? The world is looking and they're watching and they're going, how did they get someone like Tofinga, who is a celebrity around the world to come to our house. It's not the same, but it's kind of similar. So I want you to come with me on this one. To bring him in order that people would see that Jesus was in his house. How many of you knew he drops the ball big time? <laughs> he drops the ball. So, Culture of the time. As you would walk in, you'd be greeted with a kiss. So it's absolutely okay for the male host of the house, if there was a male coming through, to greet them with a kiss. One thing I relearned again going back home this last week is that you meet your uncles, there'll always be a kiss on your, on your forehead. You know, I'm a grown man. But no, come here, son. <laughs> you get to get over it. Yeah, you're not, you're not Pacquiao, you're not white. You know, come here. The kiss. Jesus walks into the house and there was no kiss. Was Simon too cool now because Jesus was in his house? Jesus reclines, and there's no washing of feet, which is customary, because if you wear sandals on dusty roads, before you eat, you'd have your feet washed. And so a servant would come and would wash the guest's feet. 
But that didn't happen. Was he so starstruck that he missed it? So didn't get his kiss. His feet was not washed. And normally, you would, the host would anoint some oil to bless the guests of the house. But did that happen? No, it didn't. Third ball dropped. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine who'd be in the room and everybody understands what's protocol, but it does not happen. So I'm not talking about any celebrity. I'm talking about Jesus in Simon's house and he completely, completely misses it. Here's the thing. Simon is not a, a pauper, so he's not poor. He'd be quite well off, right? So imagine his house. His house had everything that Jesus would have needed to greet him. So he would have had the ability to greet Jesus. He had water, so he had the stuff at his house, but he didn't use it. He would have had oil ready in a jar, but he didn't use it. Hmm. So the house. When we invite our friends to come to our homes, our natural homes, there's a knock on the door and you'd go and because you're expecting them, right? Yes. So you go and you open the door. Welcome. Hug. Maybe a kiss. Come in. Make yourselves at home. And I would imagine what would be an equivalent of the culture of the day is you'd offer them something to drink, perhaps. Yeah? Hey, sit down. I mean, I've been into some situations, and it's not any of your homes. I've been to some situations where you're walking through the door, and you just stand and chat. And you're chatting, and you're chatting, and I'm like... <laughs> You're not going to make me sit, would you? Uh, so you're, you're talking and you're talking and you're talking. And I'm starting to fidget because now my legs are getting tired. And I'm like, hey, can we sit down? I am now hosting the host. Shall we sit down? Yeah, sure, let's sit down. You know, and you're kind of like making some hints. <clears throat> oh, man, a drink would be awesome right now. Right, so, so now the guest is hosting the host. Or the guest is now changing the atmosphere of the house. I believe for us, you know we talk about thermostats and thermometer? I believe whatever situation, whatever space you walk into, you should be able to host it. It may not be your house, right? So not in a, let me at your kitchen, let me cook you something. 
It's like, it's, it's changing the atmosphere of a place. Because here's the thing. The, the, maybe, maybe Simon didn't know how to host Jesus. Maybe he was just like, I have no idea. I usually have servants who do this for me. Maybe, right? Maybe there were people who were responsible that day were just busy in the kitchen or something. And Simon was on the job that day and he dropped the ball. So in the culture of the time, when an important person comes to their house, it's kind of okay, so the doors are open, and it's often okay for anybody in the street to come in and just probably stand by the window and listen to the conversation and, and what's happening in the house. How many of you would feel uncomfortable if that happened next time you had your friends? <laughs> yeah, Pastor Tico standing by the window. Stalker, stalker alert, right? Like that'd be weird, but it was cultural, so it was okay. That is how this lady, this woman, came into the room. That's how she got in. So this is a VIP person's house. On this day, it was open because someone important was there. And she just kind of wandered in. Here's the thing. She would have followed Jesus. Like, I would imagine she would have kind of been around hearing all these stories about him raising the dead, making the lame to walk, making the blind to see. So she's seeing all these things. Now imagine, maybe she was there when the lady touched the hem of his garment. Maybe she was there and she's like, oh my goodness. Like hearing that she's been healed and her sins are forgiven, like for her just going, I gotta get in the room. I gotta get in the room. I gotta get in the room, right? And so as she enters the room, Jesus is reclined to the table and his feet is away from him. So he's got his back to her. Oh, come on, man. Whew. He's got his back to her. That in itself was enough for her. She didn't need him to turn around. She didn't need him to turn and face and, and recline probably for her to wash his feet. It was enough for her just to be in proximity to him. So no water, no kiss, no oil equals not welcome. So as you come to, to our house, to the worship space, what water are you preparing to bring? Because here's the thing, you've walked on the dusty road during your week. Often people see water, it's the pastor who needs to wash your feet. How many of you believe in what the Bible talks about, the priest of all believers? So we are all called. So as we come on a Sunday, here's what I see. Here's the church I see. Is that we're bringing water to wash each other's feet. We're bringing the water to wash. So we are all hosts. We bring the water to wash the feet and say, oh man, I see that your week has been hard. 
man, what's with those calluses, those blisters on your feet? It's been hard. Let me, let me just wash them off for you. Rather than just coming in and saying that we're hosts and not doing a thing. Don't get me wrong. We all come to hear the word and experience worship and, and come closer to God. But if that's all we've come for, we've missed an opportunity. Because you're called to speak to the person to your right and to your left. We're called to do that. There was no kiss. There was no kiss. So that meant that, that the air, the atmosphere in that house, <laughs> it's pretty awkward. We're not an awkward church. To greet someone is the most natural thing. To make someone feel welcome here is the most natural thing. Saying hello is the most natural thing. Because we desire it. You know, I, I, can, I can tell when someone's come from a church background into a new space. Because, you know, church people have this checklist. Particularly if you're looking for a church. It's like, they've got to be friendly. Um, someone's got to at least talk to me. Uh, I'll, I'll give them 10 minutes. Um, the word has got to be banging. It's got to be awesome. Uh, the praise and worship's got to be amazing. Um, oh, the hospitality. That was my list. <laughs> Literally, we had a list of 15 churches that we decided as a family that we were going to check out because we're on the search for a new house. It's real. And this was the first one. Come on, somebody. Hey, I'll pick you first. Shelly goes, Shelly goes, what about the rest? I was like, latest boat. Don't worry about it. We've found home. And I trust that you've had a similar experience. I lived my life just wanting to fulfill that. Just go, oh, come on. This is a great place for you to grow. This is a great place for you to sow seeds. This is a great place for your kids to grow in Jesus. I mean, where else would you grow? I mean, church is awesome, but church is not all that. <laughs> After an hour and a half, you're leaving. Life hits you when you get out those doors, right? So what is it about Equippers Christ Church, Equippers Churches, that equips you for life through faith in Jesus? How is it that we're equipping you to do life? Because we're not just some happy, clappy bunch who come and jump around and leave and totally leave the same and, and totally leave like just victims of society. Come on, who am I preaching to this morning? Affection, the kiss, the kiss of heaven and, the, and, and just our affection, how we show love to one another that needs to be a mark of this house. And there was oil, but there wasn't oil. There was oil present, but it wasn't used. What's the issue here? The anointing is present, but no one wants to pick it up. The anointing is really, is flowing, is fresh, this fresh oil but no one wants to pick it up. What's the matter? What's going on? Have we become so accustomed to 
what goes on in the house that we're, we're just prepared to leave the oil. Let me say this to you. I am not prepared for us to move forward without this fresh oil. Oil will be used in this house because it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. We will not go past another meeting. And I'm talking about a pre-meeting, a team meeting, a team night, a DNA meeting. I'm talking about an e-group where we'll not use the oil. Oil will always be used. Oil will always be used. Why? Because the anointing, we need the anointing of God. And it's fresh. You know, when I was in Fiji, there was an experience. I, I felt the anointing of God, but it was like old oil. It was like recycled oil. I was like, I know this. I know this oil. It was applied to me 20 plus years ago. 40 plus years ago. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's fresh oil. Like your cars, unless you renew the oil and change the filter, you're going to be spitting out toxic stuff. So here's an opportunity this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet? Here's an opportunity this morning. We're asking, what do I see? What church do I see? I see a church that is full of affection. I see a church that loves one another. I see a church that serves one another. I see a church that's unified. I see a church that's unified. We are one, but we are many. Here's the thing. God has gifted you specifically for such a time. You are in this space for such a time because He's purposed you. <laughs> so if you're here and you call this your home, you have a part to play. There's oil, there's anointing oil. Here's the thing about the woman is that she was labeled sinner. Some people even say she may have been a prostitute. How many of you know you don't have to be a prostitute to be a sinner? No, no. How many of you know you don't have to be a prostitute to be a sinner? How many of you know the very thought that goes through your head makes you one? Makes me one. She didn't need to be labeled. And here's the thing about the church is that there are people out there, and you know this, there are people out there when we talk about church, they all go, oh, bunch of hypocrites. Why? Because the only thing they hear is your judgment. What if at Corpus Christ Church, we were to turn this around? What if we'd be ambassadors of His grace? What if? As they came in, let me wash your feet. Whew. Let me wash your feet because I once had my feet washed. And so I know what it feels like to have someone wash the dirt off my feet.
What if as they, as they would encounter you, it'll be a signature of this house that we would be affectionate and embrace one another. Even to go so far as a holy kiss. Because you're blessing. What if in this space where there's fresh anointing, where we cry out to God and say to Jesus, God, if, if you don't move in my life right now, I'm totally stuffed. I've got nothing to show for my abilities. But because you anoint me, I can. You see, until you understand that you've been forgiven. Okay, here's the thing. Simon and the woman, both have been forgiven. Everybody in this room, you are forgiven. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're forgiven. You're forgiven, right? <laughs> the measure of understanding of what, of how much she's been forgiven is what she's pouring out. Simon, it's okay you didn't bring the water. I brought my own. Simon, you are not going to withhold this from me. I will bring my own water. Simon, he doesn't need your kiss. I will kiss his feet. I will not kiss his forehead because that's all I know. That's all I deserve. Simon, keep your oil. I don't need your oil, Simon, because I brought my own. And it's worth more than your oil. Because you don't know the cost of my oil, Simon. You don't know the cost of my oil. Oh, because if you only knew what he did for me, what he had to go through for me, Simon, keep your oil. I don't need your oil, Simon, because I brought my own. Here's the thing, church. You will now go. So here's the thing about Simon's house. It was a box that contained the resources that Simon thought Jesus has to come here. Here's how this woman flipped it upside down. She knew she wasn't worthy to enter Simon's house. And so she brought her own. We will not be in this room every day of the week, right? Because school starts tomorrow. This place turns into a school. But here's the thing. Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. Is you don't have to be in the room to have the elements with you. You do not have to be in this room to serve somebody. You don't need to be in this room to anoint somebody. You don't need to be in this room to love somebody. You've brought your own.
So I want you to make a fist. In faith believing right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we get to practice this tonight because the city's coming. And you better be here tonight. I want you to say, I brought my own. I brought my own water. I brought my own kiss. And I brought my own oil. I've brought my own. Here's the thing. Here's what the enemy wants you to think. The enemy wants you to think that all of those elements is contained in this room. You've just been equipped. I've brought my own. Fathers, husbands, over your house, I brought my own. Mums, wives, ladies, I've brought my own. Come on, teenagers, if you're in the room, young adults, I've brought my own. Come on, truck driver, <laughs> I brought my own. Dentist, dental hygienist, medical person, whoever you are, doctor, I brought my own. Teachers, come on, let's hear it for the teachers. I brought my own. I brought my own. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.